Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. My name is Sarah Denier, and I'm here with my good friend, Emily. And part of the reason that I really wanted Emily to be able to share her story is because it's not an easy story, but it's a story that has a lot of power and a lot of love in it. So Emily, if you could just start off by talking a little bit about your childhood and your relationship with the church and your testimony early on. Okay. Uh, so I, um, I had a, I think I had a, a fairly happy childhood. I don't, I, I um, am the middle child of five mm -hmm. and the oldest daughter. And uh, I was, I was born and raised in the church and, um, I, I, I guess if I can just jump straight to my testimony, um, I, uh, my family was active my whole life. Um, when I was 12, I had an experience where I had an, uh, an awakening and I needed to find out, I, I had a lot of darkness come into my life at that point and from an earlier event when I was younger and, um, and I finally was old enough to process what had happened to me. Right. And that really set me um, on a path of seeking the light. And I f found it in uh, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I began studying the Book of Mormon. I began uh, listening and uh, watching anything uplifting that I could get my hands on. I read a lot, I went to church, I listened to the lessons. I, uh, particularly when I studied the Book of Mormon, I, uh, the scriptures that stood out to me the most were, were the ones that, um, that let me know that I could know for myself that I could have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I wanted that more than anything, and so I sought that. And, and so at, around the age of 12, I, I had a, a pretty strong witness that my Savior was there, that He loved me, uh, that I believe this was His church, and, uh, and, and a strong testimony of Joseph Smith. So, that, so I had a pretty good foundation yeah. from that time forward. At, at that young age, you talked about how that helped you with an earlier traumatic event. Mm -hmm. how, how did finding that light help you up until that point, at least at a young age, feel like I can keep going forward. I have faith in God. Right. So, uh, so I was able to put things in perspective the best that I could at, at that age. I was able to to realize that I could I could forgive uh, the the person that was involved in that situation with me, and that I could feel uh, clean and pure. And that I could, that I was of worth and of value to um, to God. Yeah, and mm. how how important to be able to feel that as as you went forward in your life. How did you make sure, or at least try to make sure, that you still had those feelings of worth and of light? I I think. What I want to make sure that we talk about is how the experiences that maybe don't have life, don't have light, mm -hmm. still have value. Oh, absolutely. So, 
how did you try and do that as you, as you went forward? Because right. difficulties don't stop. Right. But, but neither does the light. Absolutely. How does yeah. That so, so moving forward, uh, I, this was when I was a teenager, uh, President Benson was the prophet and, and he said a lot of great things to the youth. And I was very keen on following everything that he said to the letter. And one of, one of the blessings and also in in a slight way not a blessing but one of the blessings of having had a traumatic experience as a young child and then searching for the light is that i clung to the light with mm -hmm. a fervor and a zeal because i never wanted to feel the darkness again and so i i read my scriptures every day i you know i did seminary early morning seminary i went to church every week i, I just did a new commandment came out you know and i did that yeah command you know and so so i so for me it was clinging to yeah. the iron rod well and i think it's interesting how you said in a good way and maybe not such a good way because if we feel like the light can protect us or immunize us from further experiences exactly. we will probably be disappointed and that's exactly <laughs> the not good way is is that i i felt like in doing those things i would then be immune from further right darkness and that was not the case. So, so when that wasn't the case and as you moved on and you still went through hard experiences, why did you stick with the light? I think there might be an impulse to say this isn't working, this protection isn't working, I, I, I'm being good so I'll be blessed and those blessings aren't coming. What kept you, if, if it wasn't that strict obedience that was giving you blessings that kept you grounded, kept you holding on, what did help you hold on when things were were difficult as you got older and maybe had even more mature difficult experiences right yeah yeah and i absolutely did um so so if i can talk about one of those experiences yes. just to illustrate uh so i <clears throat> i was married at the age of 21 and a half and uh, i had a marriage that lasted for 16 years and and uh and then ended in divorce. And early on, um, I could see there were a lot of issues that we were dealing with. And, and I really, that's when the darkness came back for me. That's when um, I really struggled to understand why things were happening this way. Because, because in my mind, because I thought, you had been because judged. I thought, I've, yeah. I've followed all the commandments. And, and interestingly, I put it all back on myself. I never put it on God. I, I thought, I must be doing something wrong. I wow, must be. Yeah. And so I kept trying to fix myself. I kept trying to like search through every corner of my soul to find out what was wrong with me. Because surely there was some commandment that I wasn't following or otherwise this wouldn't be happening. And, and uh, so I, I just kept soul searching, soul searching. And then at one point it did kind of flip to a little bit of disillusionment and, um, and the thought of, okay, I've searched everywhere and, right. and I can't find it. Well, and I think that's and, it's and, a very and natural so then, feeling oh, to yeah. be disillusioned, especially oh, with yeah. as much as you had been through. Right, yeah. And so I, I just, I, I finally, I mean, I did go through a period where I, I had some conversations with Heavenly Father, like, okay, like, wow, this is really hard. And, um, and what kind of, I don't know, maybe what did I do to deserve this? And, and then I 
but I was able to resolve it because he he kept sending through through the whole time, um, witness after witness after witness, and just just in the moments he he would just find these moments where I was where maybe I wasn't fully enveloped in the situation, where um, I was mentally and emotionally available, and and instantly his spirit would rush in or just a feeling of love or a feeling of peace and I would know undeniably that he was there that he was guiding me and uh, and so I've had several instances like that and that is what kept me going were were those very personal very intimate um, nobody else there experiences and did you did you feel like because you had had some that could keep you coming? It did, yeah, yeah it, yes, and also, and also, you know, words of words from conference, words of the prophets, little quotes I'd hear here, here and there. You know, I, I made the decision when I was going through this that I would not, that I was going to remain active and faithful in the church. It was not easy, no. um, well, and, that's, and that's, but well, that that's saved me because decision. I right, I was in a place where I could, where I could hear those things and I could. And that's, yeah. it sounds like that's what you could control. Can I be in a place where I may get this little bit of right. hope and light, even if I have to wait for it longer, am I, can I at least be in that place? Is that right. the, the least that I can do? Right. As you, as you went through a divorce, which is a difficult topic in the church, and I, and I do want to talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. As as a as a person who has been through divorce, um, what might you say to other people in the church to help them be supportive to people who are going thing through things like that, that where maybe they don't know how to react, they don't know how to be supportive, how to give light right. to someone who's going through a period of darkness. Right. So that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> I would just say that I think we all are going to take our turn um, in the refiner's fire where it may appear on the outside uh, that things are different than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy when you haven't gone through a particular trial to to pass judgment. And, and not even because you're a bad person or uh, or necessarily wanting to, but it's just I think it's natural to do so. Well, that person is going through that trial. What do they do? Or... Or you, I, I think it's very healthy to acknowledge that you don't have all the facts and there's a high likelihood that there's a lot of the facts that cannot be discussed publicly. Right. And so uh, rather than trying to figure out what happened or make a judgment call, um, and this is what some people did really well, they rushed in without any judgment and they just asked what they could do to help. They just, um, they, they were completely available and, and just would listen and just would love and never tried to give me advice, never tried to, um, uh, you know, fix it. They just, they just were there when I needed them and they let me have the experience that I was having. Yeah. And what well, what I love about that, your description of that is it matches your description of how God was with you. 
absolutely. That yeah. he, he, he was available and, and when you were feeling like you didn't know how to judge yourself as, as a 12 year old, oh. it, it's interesting. I think that's a natural impulse. And so did that help you when, because you were feeling like you were doing everything wrong and then God reached in and taught you that you had value does that help you judge other people less? Because it seems like it's an impulse we all have towards ourselves or other people. And that was what was the most helpful was when other people reached towards you without judgment. How has that helped you be that way with other people? Oh, it, it, I would say I see when I look at other people now, I, I don't see things black in a black and white way. And I, I see the complexity of the situation that they're in. I look for their for their goodness and uh, for their um, you know the I just respect their struggle and and uh, and I and I I I don't judge as as much as humanly possible. Right. I try not to because I because I know now I I know what what they must be going through and. Um, and it's actually a huge relief because mm-hmm. trying to carry a burden of being the judge of somebody else is a very heavy burden That's and an it's just a lot to easier to yeah. love them and 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 i you know one thing i wanted to say is is i did feel um without going into great detail i i certainly did feel judged a lot um most of all by myself to myself because wow. I had set such a high standard for myself, and 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 I had been, I had believed and been taught that you know once you're sealed in the temple, you know you don't you don't get divorced, and you work at it, and you know, and mm-hmm. and you just you never give up. And so when I went through a divorce, I felt like a complete failure. I felt like I had, I felt like I was apostatizing from the church. I felt, I just, I would, you know, I had gone to church and I had sat in the pews and in sacrament meeting. Now I went to church and I snuck in the back door, sat on the last row and just, and just sat there like, you know, just so scared to be there. And, and I, I felt like I had failed. So, so how did you get through that? I realized that um, and it took a long time. It took it took me a long time to get to the point where I, um, to where Heavenly Father was able to get through to me and and just let me know that it's okay. Like that everything. There's still a little part of me every once in a while that that circles back that way. But He just let me know that it's okay. And the power of the atonement is so strong. And that. Everything doesn't have to be perfect and everything doesn't have to look perfect. I had to completely let go of the paradigm of how things should look, of, you know, what is the perfect LDS life? You know, you're raised, you um, go on a mission or you go to maybe a church school, you're active in the church your whole life, you go to all of, you know, girls camp and seminary graduation and you know, yeah, you and check off all you of the check boxes. Off all the boxes. Yeah. You know, I was the I was the young woman with the picture of the temple on her wall, and you know, all the quotes everywhere, and um, just so believing, just so in all of that. And and so I went from that to this this 
feeling of absolute failure, like I had missed the ideal. You know, I had gotten a divorce, and um, and that was just not okay. And uh, but on the other side of that, I found it's sorry. It's so hard for me to talk about this in a calm way. I I thought I could come and do this it's, in a calm way, but no, but I found I found. Um, Heavenly Father in a deeper way than I had ever found wow. him before. My relationship with him, and interestingly, instead of now trying to look the part of a perfect Mormon life, I felt like I had found something deeper than that. I felt like I had found the true meaning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it was actually, again, I will use the word relief to detach from all of that expectation yeah. and for myself and for my children and to just have a life experience, you know, and yeah. Yeah, so but this is the last question that I want to ask. You said you found the true, you know, the true church, the true meaning. How would you define what that truth is? Right. So, uh, so I found the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, which is an understanding of his complete unconditional love and um, the power that is in the atonement to lift and heal and, and, and just make everything okay. And, and I learned some things going through that that I, to sound a little cliche, that I couldn't have learned any other way. I, I don't know that because this is the only way it happened. Yeah. Um, but I guess I would say that things that will be etched in my soul for eternity, things that I can't unknow by going through that refiner's fire. And the, so the pureness of the gospel of Jesus Christ is simply yeah. that you are a child of God. You are here on this earth to have experiences, to refine your spirit, to learn the gospel, and if you're lucky and blessed, to form an eternal family unit, um, and that there's so much more after this life, that this life is just not what we see here. And so I have this feeling of connection to that through, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and not necessarily the form of, of expectation. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, you, you make me think of the scripture that talks about Christ saying that he has engraven us on the palms of his hands, mm -hmm. but you have also engraven him on your hands and on your heart and on your life. And I think that's a, that's a pretty beautiful way have your life be focused. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs>